One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. And today we are talking about... We're talking about Roadhouse. 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 Uh, if you're unfamiliar, it's the 1989 Patrick Swayze classic, <clears throat> cult classic, about Dalton, the badass bouncer. The cooler, actually, the cooler. He's a cooler. He's a cooler, actually. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Yeah, he's all zen. We'll get into that. Yeah. May 1989? Is it? That's when it came out. Right, I'll get the technicalities out of the way. Mm-hmm. Budget, 15 mil. Yeah. Gross of 30. Good. I would hate to hear that people lost money on this. Yeah, I'd hate that. Yep. It's a big moment, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Is it? 1989, we just talked about 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Here I go. Give me some, what's in the top 10? You know, three of them are Rick Moranis movies. <laughs> Batman. Yes. Last Crusade. Right, uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Yes. Ghostbusters 2. Yes. Parenthood. Yes. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. Um, there were other franchises in here. You had one last time that you haven't said yet. Dead Poets Society. Yes, but not that, but yes. Driving Miss Daisy. Yes. Um, I'm forgetting another franchise one. Back three. to the Future 2. Yes. You got two more to go. Uh, I don't know if I got it in me. You got it because you said you wanted to do this movie. You said you wanted to do this movie. <laughs> I've seen about That's every it. movie. <laughs> That's true. They all came out in the time we're doing. You should do that. All right, the last two. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2. Ah, and diplomatic immunity. Look who's talking. Oh, yeah. I did say I wanted to do that. Oh, some other notables of the year. Uncle Buck. Oh, yeah. Tango and Cash. Ah, fucking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Less exciting Yeah, that's exciting she Under devil. the sea Baby, it's better Down where it's wetter Take it from me That's good That's good She-Devil Kickboxer 89 is one of our years I love this year Yeah, 91 was the other one 89, man This might sound like sensationalism But I think that 1989 might be the best year in the history of the universe If only the Brisbane Expo was in 89 (laughs) Oh my gosh I really (laughs) completed that (laughs) I don't I'm pretty sure I didn't see this in 89 Because I was five years old But I do I had seen this as a youngin Yeah And I think it was more in my teen years yeah. I didn't sleep well, I think, and I watched a lot of TV in bed. I'd watch like Letterman and there'd always be some weird movie on you after You watched Letterman, Letterman when you were a kid? Yeah. Fuck. I had this weird phase of not sleeping properly and I would watch Letterman because this was before, well, not, maybe not before cable TV, but I didn't have it. It's before the internet. This movie came on one night and I was like, this is a weird thing. And I think I came in halfway through. I, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Coming in late to this movie. Yeah. Is... Like, where? Yeah. I just remember thinking, what is this? 
but otherwise no real specific memories of it. I knew it was a thing, the cultural relevance of it mm. I'm aware of and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't really remember a lot of it. What about you? Uh, it definitely goes into that bracket of movies that I was like naughtily watching when I was a kid. Like yeah. I wouldn't have been allowed to be watching this. Like my brother would have got a, his hands on a copy yeah. while I was watching it at mate's house. Yeah. And we were yeah, like, I missed that Whoa. era of it. I saw it more as a like 15-year-old or something. I feel like I always saw the DVD cover too. But yeah, I don't have much more than that in terms of my initial impressions. Anything else of 89 of significance? In Australia, E Street debuted. Oh, Do you remember yeah, E Street? E Street with Bruce Amazan. Fucking Earth with Bruce Amazan. That was a cracker of a show. Filmed in Balmain, I think. Wheels? Yeah, it was Balmain. Wheels. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, that was good. That was a good show. What was the other one? The... Mr. Black or whatever the, with the two faces and he stalked Sheridan. She was my acting teacher when I was a kid. BTW. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a, quite a bit to unpack there. Uh, I didn't know that character, A. You were, Sheridan had, was the main. Well, no, the black, the whatever that Mr. was. Mr. White Black. He had a, and he painted his face. Oh, I do remember black that. Black and white. Oh, yeah. Half, half down the middle. That was a One dark half. show. I thought it was like Neighbours, but it was yeah, more adult, was like a, wasn't it? Essentially a serial killer with this scary face Whoa. paint. Oh, People hey, were doing Don't hitting. change the subject. You had an acting teacher. Oh, like I did acting classes. When? Drama classes. Like at school? Or outside of school? No, on, on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Is it? That's what I, I wish I did that. Well, it didn't amount to shit. have to, to do shit. a stupid podcast. I was given opportunities that I didn't do anything with. Home and away? Anywho. Fast Forward was also born, um, which was a yeah. pioneering comedy skit show in Australia. Pioneering. Big time. You could call it out SNL, but I was going to say, yeah. on Saturdays. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't as politically charged. I mean, that became uh, Full Frontal, which gave us Eric Banner. Eric Banner. You're welcome. You're welcome. You Americans haven't seen the full extent of what Banner has to offer. Nah. Give him a comedy. Yeah. Give him a character. Yeah, Sink you got a taste. Into. We talked about it briefly. In- Funny people, you got a taste. You got a taste. He's a, a funny taste. fucker. He's a funny fucker. Let's get into the movie, shall we? Roadhouse. <clears throat> Roadhouse. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. Patrick Swayze is Dalton. I thought you'd be bigger. Opinions vary. When he's around, anything can happen. How's a guy like you end up a bouncer? Just lucky, I guess. And usually does. If somebody gets in your face, I want you to be nice. Don't! Don't be rude! Ask him to walk, but be nice. Help this gentleman to the door. Until it's time to not be nice. So says the fighting philosopher. He may be hard to handle. I keep talking, you're going to go off thinking I'm a nice guy. I know you're not a nice guy. But he's easy to like. What's the matter, Dalton? Don't you like women? The worst I ever had was wonderful. He's not what you'd expect. I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> but there's one thing you can count on. He's the best friend a good time ever had. Aren't you guys tired? I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. This is my town. I'm not afraid of him. I guess you'll be having that fire sale now, all right? <laughs> Get your hands full, kid. I just think I'm looking at a dead man. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. For that line of work, I thought you were 
I want to go and watch it again <laughs> right now. But I I want to go and watch the first 45 minutes again. I did that this morning before work. Um, what were your initial thoughts with the rewatch? Like, what were you feeling? Uh, good. I get, man, I get excited about rewatching. I'm enjoying rewatching old movies, period, right? So I sit down and I get the feel, like, I just get the sense of. This is probably our version of watching period dramas for old people. This must be how old people feel when they watch period dramas. Because <laughs> I, I look at 80s stuff, I'm like, fucking love seeing this shit. You know, yeah. it's just in these outrageous, heavily pleated, um, oh, shimmery, man. high waist. High waist. Silk pants. It's mostly a head. Fucking it's mostly a haircut, really. Those pants proportions are, are weird. Rocking, man. Yeah, he's killing it. He's- I would, those pants will be, they're, they're a... They sort of evolved, and I think they're back a little bit. To yeah, an well, I think in terms of um, not to jump ahead, but in terms of cultural relevance, I think it's really this is the kind of movie that the more it dates, the more it's relevant in a way. But then it's also it's very true to its age. True to its age, and I just think we're at a fashion cycle right now yeah. where it's like, uh-huh. oh, that's actually kind of on point. There's a few outfits in here where I'm like, ooh, yeah. kimono shirt. I'm yeah, listening. exactly. I wouldn't wear it myself, but I like it. I'd pick it. I'd, I'd look at it in cars and then put it back. Man, Birdcage is. Oh yeah. I mean, Birdcage is a later film. I think. Grow out your arm hair like Robin Williams. But like his outfits in that. Yeah. Fucking. Oh, next like level. singlet with a shirt. Man, he looks oh, like ASAP yeah. Rocky. Yeah. Dressed in. Like he he's. He is good. <laughs> I want to do Birdcage now. Yeah. Yeah. I felt. Um, so that's how I'm feeling. Talk, yeah. What, what about you? My main reaction was audio-based. I was like, this is a fucking good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The band in the movie. Yeah. We've got, I'll go more on that later. I won't get into it just yet, but amazing. That was so good. And the songs were good. I think the soundtrack itself is actually worth listening to. I'm pretty sure a lot of them are original tracks by that band. I think there's Jeff some Healy. Swayze tracks on there. Yeah, Jeff Healy was a dude. Swayze will always drop a number. He's yeah. He's got at least one song on there that he sings. It's yeah, not, it's not "She's Like the Wind," but it's not bad. Yeah, and it was one of those ones where I I think I was saying like my memory of it. I didn't quite know how to process it, and I think once watching it now, like maybe three uh, quarter of the way in, I was like, oh, it's kind of like a western. And then when you watch it through that template, it's like, oh, it's a western. And then it kind of all the mechanics of it it's like oh yeah i can see how it's just kind of a a western set in the 80s i kind of like that but then one little thing i liked a lot about it well i don't know if i liked about it but i was i felt like i'd seen this plot structure before uh because you probably have because i saw the movie no because it's basically like a porno but instead of (laughs) instead of sex scenes it's fight scenes and some sex scenes, but mostly fight scenes. And the way they talk about fighting, it's like, I've always wanted to fight you. Like, it's like they can't wait to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Some, well, there's a lot of homoeroticity. Like, the plot is just a loosely strung together excuse for for these money shots. There's like nine fight scenes and they're all real. So it's like this, it's kind of porno-esque a little bit, right? And it's a little well, homoerotica to it. There's heaps of homoerotica to it. Yeah. Probably, I'm assuming we're going to get into that. Mm. All right, should I should I get into a little bit of how this came yeah. to be? All right, so so a movie about fighting, directed by a man named Rowdy, 
Rowdy Harrington. So this guy, he had a few small roles in some movies in the 80s, like Repo Man. He wrote and directed a movie called Jack's Back, which I think was some kind of twist on Jack the Ripper with James Spader, when James Spader was a babe. Was he? Yeah, he was a babe. Was he? Yeah. <clears throat> um, he seems so frumpy. He eventually worked with Bruce Willis on Striking Distance, but anyway. Ah, can we do that? I haven't seen it. What? It's got Sarah Jessica Parker in it. Peak Sarah Jessica. All right. So there's this guy in the 80s. It's a powerhouse, Joel Silver. Go He's on. a producer. He produced Die Hard, Action Jackson, Predator. Oh. So powerhouse. This is our guy. We should do a whole podcast on Joel Silver. Basically, he saw, he saw uh, Jack's back. Um, the movie that our man Rowdy did and said, all right, I've got a movie for you. His elevator pitch was boobs and bombs. And um, he they had a midnight meeting at 20th Century Fox's back lot or whatever. He was shooting Die Hard at the time and convinced him to take the role. You know, a lot of people say this movie is cheesy. Rowdy says from the start he knew it was and wanted to lean into it he said he saw it as a cartoon yeah that's interesting yeah yeah he's like i looked at this movie as a cartoon broader and brighter than life i'm not sure if that if he got swayze involved or swayze was already attached but um swayze is an interesting cat so he's come off the back of he's come straight out of dirty dancing into this one i believe so so he started in like theater and stuff at school did like ballet but yeah. eventually did get into martial arts because he didn't want to get in fights no more. Yeah. He kept getting beat up. Yeah, his, his martial arts piece is, uh, is an interesting one. He, yeah. Yeah, he was big into ballet and dancing, obviously. But that's like there's a lot of similarities between dancing and martial arts. That's common, commonly known. Yeah. Um, the, the fights were pretty hardcore as in like there were... The, the real, they, actual contact. They were, yeah, they went yeah. pretty hard apparently these guys and for this movie, which is good. You want that in your, in your fight scenes in a proper action movie. The fight director was a guy called Benny the Jet. Benny the Jet's a legend. I was going to ask you about him. Yeah. Because I had that in here and I didn't know who he was. And I'm he like, ask, a, I asked it. Benny, Benny Urquidez? Urquidez. Urquidez. So Benny is one of the few fighters that has an undefeated record. He's still going. I mean, sorry, he's still going. He's not, he's not professionally fighting, but he's yeah. well and truly still around. My Kung Fu instructor's a huge fan. He's sparred him before. Really? Um, yeah, and he just says he's one of he's probably he's got the best fight IQ pretty much ever. This is everything I would hope you would say. Yeah, Benny the Jet is a, a is a living legend of of kickboxing and martial arts. Right, supreme fight IQ. Yeah, uh, I think he's a middleweight, maybe a welterweight, middleweight. I think. Yeah, like undefeated, undefeated. Yeah, fifty. I think he's about fifty and zero. And uh, anyway, so he was the fight choreographer for the for the movie, mm. and he talked up. Swayze, pretty. He said solidly. he could have been a kickboxer, right? Yeah, which is yeah. pretty. You know, like there's always one. those funny stories in movies, though. So I always take it with a grain of salt. But if yeah. this guy's legit, yeah, he is super legit. Because they said it about uh, De Niro, Raging Bull. Say yeah, it with, they kind of um, got to say it a bit, don't they? Yeah, you know what? He could really do he this. Could, he could do. He he could. Yeah. Benny the legit is legit. You'd probably know his face. He's got quite a distinctive look, and he's actually been in. He's in a bunch of uh, early kung fu movies with like Jackie Chan and stuff. Right. He's a super legend. So there's physical contact. He got injured constantly. Mm. But let's hear him talk about it first. It's pretty pretty awesome. My training for Roadhouse was pretty rigorous. Every fight I did was full body contact. We pulled it to the face and, 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 and choreographed, you know, camera position. You can't fake body punches. When somebody kicks you and you're down on your knees and somebody kicks you, you can't fake being lifted off the ground and flipped, you know. 
we told the stunt uh, people right off the bat, we're going to make contact, so if you want a pad, put pads on, but that way it would be realistic. And that's the way Patrick wanted. He wanted it realistic, so I said, okay. Benny's become my new hero. I patterned Dalton's eyes after Benny's eyes because he is a bad dude. He's a four-time uh, world kickboxing champion. I loved working with him, so I concentrated like a lunatic, you know, just, you know, just focused on his eyes, and, and he turned me into a fighter. It was real exciting to work with him, and, uh, and I I'd gotten, made me feel real good because by the time we were done, done with the movie, he felt I could go into professional kickboxing. Yeah, look, I full credit, and I wouldn't challenge pretty much anything that Benny the Jet says on fighting, but I'm also a uh, student of marketing. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I Yeah. He looked call. like a fighter. I was going to ask you what you thought of his fighting style. In we can movie. go into that. Yeah. Uh, I thought generally it was really good. Yeah. Um, but. There's a huge letdown like oh, the, yeah? that kind of like undoes a lot of it. And that's the spinning technique. <gasps> that's so funny you say that. That is so funny you say that. Why? Because my wife, who has been a dancer in the past. Oh, I feel like when you say dancer, it sounds like stripper. <laughs> Maybe it's just this movie. But she, she dances. Exactly. <laughs> um, my wife's not a stripper. But she said his roundhouse kick, she didn't say roundhouse kick, That's I'm embellishing, but she said it looks like a pirouette. It did, that last one where he kicks the guy's butt into the water. Right, so that's a, Ara, you're on point, baby. She did, because he put his hands up like a pirouette. Um, it's <laughs> terrible, it really, you're right. I was like, oh man, you. I feel like they, uh, do you know what, apparently that was a five hour fight sequence to, to get the shot. Well, apparently the movie, they shot it. The final, the the original cut was like three and a half hours. Yeah, and they got it down to just under two. So they must have shot so oh, much. Yeah, those fight things they yeah. really put a lot of effort into. So I think probably they were just tired at the end and they just let that one through the cracks. But the editing man should have picked it up because it's crap. It's yeah. real shit. I think also if you think about timing in terms of Hollywood and martial arts and action and stuff, it right. was probably, it was probably spinning shit was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still yeah. is kind of. It's still cool. Fuck, spinning kicks, spinning kicks. Spinning kicks are still cool. They're cool when someone is good at them. So they're really fighting. So he, regardless of his pirouette, this guy's getting hit. He got so injured. You know, he got so injured that he. there were a couple of movies he was approached to do but could not do due to injuries on this movie. I didn't know that. So he was approached to star in Predator 2. Well avoided. Are we talking with Swayze? <clears throat> yeah, Swayze. He was approached. Did that go to Danny Glover? It did. They're always fighting for the same role, I believe. Imagine if Lethal Weapon was Patrick Swayze and Mel Gibson. Just mullet on mullet. That'd just be like, that'd be more like Double Impact. Also, <laughs> Cash, Tango and Cash. Could have been him. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, see, that's one of those ones where, which is quite often the case. I'm like, you know what? Kurt Russell was better for that role. Yeah, agree. But it's one of those interesting forks in the road because he made Ghost instead less physically demanding and it became huge. And more suitable because he's a he's a spiritual guy and it comes through in all his roles, doesn't it? Dead or Very, alive. very spiritual. So I, I, I looked into it because I was like, why did he take this role? Because he's done Dirty Dancing. It just all seemed a bit odd. But he's super spiritual and apparently he just really loved the character of this bouncer that was also really spiritual and had a degree in whatever, what was it? Spiritualness. Yeah, spiritualness. 
But yeah, he said, I've always felt there was something different in there, but I was scared what I would find. I was worried I wouldn't find anything. That's why I got into Buddhism, EST training, Scientology, Transcendental Meditation, yada, yada, yada. And so I think he saw a lot of that in this character, which sounds like he's projecting more depth on it than maybe we realized was there. I mean, it's there, but I didn't really think about it that much. I was like, ah, yeah. I did this time around. Right. I did watch it. I did think it, I did think it this time around, as opposed to when I was a kid. I think I decided that I wanted to do Dalton and Roadhouse. Well, number one, I love the premise. It's like a modern-day Western, you know? And, and who would care about the life of a bouncer in the first place? But the twist was a bouncer with a degree in philosophy. The interesting thing for Dalton, for me, was, was it's like a, a study in cool. This guy got into this, was sucked into it by Sam Elliott, uh, uh, Wade Garrett, my mentor. But after living that kind of lifestyle for a while, it starts wearing on your soul. And it's sort of like, you know, if, uh, if you uh, spend too much time with the rats in the cage, you become the rat in the cage. I have to say, I'm a sucker for an action movie. I love him. So yeah, he saw there was something in that role that reminded him of a little Swayze he knows, mm-hmm. which is quite nice. But yeah, the other actor clip, I was like... Tristan. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for finding <laughs> the clip. <laughs> Interesting other casting news. All right, so I love how Patrick Swayze obviously went all in on the martial arts, physical... Uh taking a beating like really method almost right he's doing it he's in there so the female lead kelly lynch Mm -hmm. um she also spent (laughs) (laughs) she also spent a month in an er yeah because because she played a doctor right because she played a doctor so she really wanted to get in character and learn she even learned how to stitch up a wound because she does that in the... Well, they ended up yeah. using staples. <laughs> so I guess it went great. Apparently she was angry about that. Yeah. She spent, I just spent a month in AR learning how to do this. <laughs> and you gave me a staple gun. Uh, she's got some good anecdotes. She seems like good value. The other one I thought was odd. Again, I mean, I'm I coming at it now and seeing Sam Elliott literally, obviously, just coming off the back of closely missing out on an Oscar. It's like, why is he in this movie? He was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid in 69. Really? More recently, he was in Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. Mr. Cage. He was also in Mask with Cher. That was significant. That was before this. But I like actors that don't have to change. Like the fact that he almost always has a moustache. This is the one movie where he doesn't. But you know how actors just... Like McConaughey's never had to do an accent. You know what I mean? It's like he's like this with his moustache. But yeah. yeah he I, just um, seems like a good, wholesome... Dude. Seems like a great fucking dude. An anecdote I read of um, of Sam Elliott's, um, and they asked him what because he's been with the same uh, partner yeah. for, you know, 30 plus years. So I read a pretty cool little anecdote that was like, what's your secret to your marriage's longevity? Because obviously Hollywood would have a fairly high turnover in, in, the, in the nuptials. We work hard. Catherine and I have a lot in common. We've got a 30-year-old daughter. We love, we're deeply in love with her and we're still incredibly close to her. Life's good. We live in Malibu. We have horses. We have dogs, cats, and chickens. We shovel shit, man. That keeps so you good. humble. So good. Side note, which I, I, I love that. We live in Malibu and we have horses. Like my I, okay, Granted, we're in Sydney. My <laughs> understanding is Malibu is pretty fucking awesome, right? I think so. 
yeah, yeah isn't that so. like the beach town of yeah so if you got fucking horses in malibu i'd be happy too you're doing all I'd that shovel shit yeah. oh you keep it simple just have a house in malibu yeah. with horses yeah i love you sam elliott <laughs> what's your secret to a great marriage being rich well, buying your wife whatever <laughs> she wants <laughs> he's a legend um, he's a legend we'll talk about his performance maybe as i go through the plot what about some soft co- controversy this guy at the time was standing against violence right. and then it shows up in this movie now see i've seen you do interviews before and i know that you are against gratuitous violence in a movie yeah so this surprised me yeah <laughs> it surprised me a little bit it's uh really a conscious decision on my part or unconscious i guess could have been <laughs> to do the movie in the first place because it was going to be kind of a commercial venture and that's something that i lack really in my career of 20 years in this game you know so it was time to do something that i hadn't done before and uh, you're actually the first one i went i just got off of a promo tour in new york and i was real nervous going to new york because i knew that everybody was going to be laying for me that had heard my <laughs> anti-violence rap you know yeah but i came out of new york unscathed and i come out here and you nail me with it <laughs> Well, I was wondering if you changed your mind, and if well, so, no, why? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But within this gratuitous sex and violence, I thought there was this nice character, this guy, Wade Garrett. I mean, and I say very honestly, if you like films that are full of gratuitous violence <laughs> and that are sexist, then you'll like this picture. But if you go in to be enlightened, then you're going to be disappointed. If you yeah. go in to be entertained and escape and have a good time, and if you like Swayze, then you're gonna like the movie. Yeah, and I'm happy to be there. Man, that was awesome. I re- that was thoroughly enjoyable. Geez, what were the key takeouts there? He didn't. He doesn't like that sort of movie, and was like, I think he explained himself well. But he, but he can like, separate the two, right? He separate like, the if two. He's like, come here to be enlightened. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> and that made I've I've been doing Hollywood for 20 years. Maybe I needed to do this movie. You know, that's that that sort of career perspective mm. of a, of an actor that doesn't he's doing something they don't necessarily want to do that's probably interesting yeah yeah what a legend how do you know how do you not like that how can anyone I, not I like this guy give i'm not sure a, that anyone doesn't can we just give him an oscar anyway all right one more little casting bit jeff healy we mentioned it before yeah super interesting very the music in this movie is good it's so good like it it's is good it's up there it's maybe it's just a an amazing blues musician just jamming away for like majority of the movie. Do you know um, who the music supervisor was on this? No. Jimmy Iovine. Ah. Yeah, Mr. Beats. Mr. Beats. If you've seen, uh, wait, what's it? What is it on Netflix? The um, the Defiant Ones. The Defiant Ones, HBO for our the three non- US listeners. He's the uh, non-Dre guy. Yeah, he's the guy that's not Dr. Dre but did everything else. Mm. Jimmy Iovine, legend. He uh, apparently had to do with. Jeff Healy's casting, but obviously the whole soundtrack is gangster, so he was it was all across that. What else is on the soundtrack besides Jeff Healy? Uh, well, I mean, I'm just thinking about those songs in the movie and in the trailer. Cheeky Otis Redding. Yeah, but even his original, Jeff, the Jeff Healy band song, The Roadhouse Blues, that's sick. In the original script, it called for a blind guitar player to play his guitar on his lap. Slide guitar, <laughs> yeah. Which apparently is the whole thing. But this guy is legit. This isn't just some actor. He's a legit musician. Like he's was. toured with Boisier, passed away in the nineties, pretty young. But he's blind. He had his eyes removed when he was like one years old. He had cancer in his eyes and had them surgically removed. 
learned lap guitar, like That's playing heavy. guitar since he was three years old. Toured with Buddy Guy, Eric Clapton, Ooh. like hell Ooh. of a life. Short and short life, but good, fucking amazing, amazing, Skills. amazing work. It's a nice um, dimension to add to the film, isn't it? Yeah, because even watching it, if you're watching this movie ironically, or you watch this movie with like uh, cheesy eightiesness, I feel like his character doesn't. You still love this guy. You're like, oh, this is legit on a non-ironic level. Like he's fucking cool. The music is good. Mm. You can tell he's actually talented, and it's like, yeah, yeah. it's nice. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of backstory there. I, there's a few tangents, but I think they're all pretty fucking fascinating, right? Yeah, we we kind of went down a we kind of went down a, a, a complex fifty three minute wormhole. <laughs> yeah. Um, why don't we get into the actual play by play? How does this movie shake down, Greg? So we start in a club scene. There is some violence. We're introduced to our protagonist who handles the violence with calm, calmness and coolness. He's the bouncer. He's the cooler. Anywho, so Dalton, Dalton's in this club kicking a bit of ass, tastefully kicking ass. And then he's approached by some random bald dude who wants him to go and work at his club. He's like, I bought this club downtown just outside of some shithole. I want you to come and clean it up and... I've come into some money. I don't know. It's vague. I'm doing. I guess what he's the saying. The character's so vague. He's a very vague. There's no real payoff. I mean, there's he, a bit at the end. But he looks like he's meant to be evil. He's just kind of always just hanging around. It seems like it's weird. It's a little weird. He's yeah, yeah, and he looks evil. But that's not yeah, story. yeah. You think I he's gonna, like, you think he's going to be a bad guy? I feel like he didn't get the bad guy. He didn't get. The, he probably. You're probably exactly what's right. His name? He probably auditioned for the bad guy. What's his name? What's the bad? Where, Brad, he auditioned for Brad Wesley and didn't get it. That's one hundred percent what happened, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, "I've bought your ticket. I'll fly." He's like, "Like five thousand up front and five hundred a night." And he's like, I'll, I'll, "Here's your tickets. So I'll fly you down." He's like, "I don't fly. It's too dangerous." Like, what is this guy, Kennedy? <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I planned that joke. That was a planned joke. I watched a documentary on the Kennedys the other night and they all die in planes. So, <laughs> gosh. And then, uh, and then this was, there was a lot of peak 80ness at this point, which I fucking loved. He gets in his car, oh, yeah. that sweet um, Merc, the 560 SEC. Oh, mm. man, I love those. I, would, I actually Googled them to, on car sales. How much? So they've all got like hundreds of thousands of Ks on the clock because they're an 86 or 87 model. Yeah. But there's some. Um, I saw one or two that had, I saw one that had under a hundred thousand Ks, and it was about forty grand. Like Midnight Blue, it's awesome. That's pretty sick. They're bulletproof. Those cars, they are tanks. There's no absorption of any crashy. No, yeah, but yeah. that fucks other people. You're fine. You're a tank. That's true. Yeah. Anywho, um, and but he's, the way they do a close up of him putting the white cassette into the player. Yeah, that's pretty iconic it's, of the uh, era. Yeah. Because that's what people used to listen to music on. Uh, so anyway, so he heads down. So he basically takes this gig. He's a bit of a drifter, we get the sense. Uh, and he goes and takes this gig, gig in a small town. It's a gig cleaning up a, a, uh, <clears throat> a roadhouse called roadhouse. Double, Double Deuce. And so he Double turns up to Double Deuce. And I'm pretty sure that there's another famous movie that's used this bar as its Bar. Well, apparently they built the bar. 
Yeah, well, someone bought it cheap and reused <laughs> it. Someone by the name of Quentin Tarantino. The Titty Twister. It fucking looks like the Titty Twister, man. The titty Twister. Tell me that's not the Titty Twister. But there's a funny you say that. There's a better connection. Ah, oh, go on. The other band in this movie is the band in the Titty Twister in From Dust Till Dawn. There you go. So you, you had a sense. Your spidey it. sense was tingling. I uh, got it. It wasn't the venue, it was the act. Well, or was it both? Twas. So he goes down to the Titty Twister. <laughs> he looks at it and he's like, this place is pretty grubby. But I mean, I'm thinking, he's looking around going, there's easy win. He's got this smirk about him. He's looking at this shithole. Everyone's fighting everyone. He's like, I can make, this is going to make me look good. It's like in the corporate world, you know, you you take a job after someone was in a, who was in a job with shit. Yeah. You're going to get some quick wins on the some board. Quick wins. Yeah. The only way is up. So he's got some quick wins. You know. It's like, hey, stop breaking everything. Stop breaking everything. That was everyone. my wife's first comment. How much do they spend on buying new chairs? And glassware. Furniture repair. Is there a furniture repair store? They should open one across the street. How did you think about... They should. What What did you think of that for a pickup line? Let's see you and me get nippled and nipple. <laughs> I thought that was classy. There's so many great lines in this movie. Oh, my goodness. So many great lines. And then and then, who's the owner of the club? What's his name? This I don't guy know. We He's got about. bad hair. He's got no hair. Well, he's got some. He's got a tuft. He's got a front side part <laughs> comb over. I like how he walks around. There's like just looking. Got, yeah, just looking at shit. And on the wall, it but says you can't like, tell what he's thinking. The oh yeah, what is it? it says like something for a about good a, Buick. Yeah, for a good good fuck, and he's like for a good Buick. Changes, changes it to a Buick. To Buick. Is that really classes the joint up? Which is weird because at this point I still thought he was going to be the bad guy. Yeah, because he lurks around yeah, looking down. Just looking? Looking down his face. So that's a weird quirk to change that to Buick. He's awfully cast. Bad, poor casting choice. Not he's that it's he's someone. He's been in tons of shit. Yeah, as I, a bad guy. That's why he's like uh, trying to be a bad guy. So then Dalton needs to find accommodation. Oh, lo and behold, he manages to find this little barn. Right by this beautiful lake. Amazing. With like doors that open onto the barn. If that was on Airbnb. Man. <laughs> that place is exotic. That place, that was one of my first notes. This place is fucking sick. And then he's got this old guy that looks like a prospector from the fucking <laughs> mid-19th century. Yeah. Well, that looks like Uncle from Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. He does look like Uncle yeah. from Red Dead Redemption. It looks like a caricature, yeah. Straight He's out, actually from a Western. Straight West out of the ballad of, what's the new Coen Brothers? Buster Scruggs. He's Buster Scruggs and all over his fucking facho. <laughs> so he's showing him around the joint. He's like, yeah, I'll take it. I reckon, do you reckon he looked around that barn and went, this is perfect for my montage in one hour, 30 minutes. Why is this guy living in his house when he has this barn that's like all set up like a fucking amazing loft apartment? Oh my God. It is so Snoop. It's so good. At first, I, I was think I was not paying attention, and I was like, "Oh, is he sleeping in a barn?" And then I realized, no, it's actually set up. It's got a kitchen, and it's got it's all. It's mad. It's so good. It's so good. Amazing. It's so good. Amazing. And then he's like, "But he's insane. Why would you even want to stay here?" But yeah, I think he just knew it would be good for a montage. He knew yeah. It. And then the helicopter flies over, and that's when you meet the bad guy. Mm. What says? Bad guy, more than flying over good guy in a helicopter. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. That's science. And that's where we meet Brad Wesley. 
you know. So then, uh, so he goes to the club. He starts shaking things up. He fires. He goes in and checks it out. And he fires a bunch of people. They all get a bit disgruntled. You know, there's someone skimming the till. There's people selling drugs. He just fires them. He just cleans them out. He's very honest about it. He starts trying to get this place back on track. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I think he does start to get it back on track. Then uh, there's a girl that works there. She kind of likes him a bit. I thought she was a Cusack. She looks Cusacky. Yeah, she's not. She's someone too, she, and I didn't do enough research on her. She came over to his house and said, "You got to be careful." You. She must have had more in the original cut, hey, because she doesn't seem to really have a role. In this. She comes, yeah. She because she that seems like they should be mates. Like Sam Elliott saying that there's a shit heap of got heap got cut. Yeah. Because she, yeah, she sort of leans in and then she's gone. Yeah, she seems like she should be more of a key. She starts off being more. Yeah. I like how she brings him over a donut for breakfast and a coffee and he looks at the donut like, that's so bad for you, and then just lights up a dart. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> that is all over this movie. Like this There's guy, no carbs in a cigarette, Greg. He's, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> he's so healthy, yeah. Swayze. Like yeah. He's just like super shredded. Yeah. Mr. Spiritual Yoga Man. Yeah. And then just pumps darts the whole film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. how you stay shreddy. Uh, more feedback from my wife. His belly button's weird looking. I did notice that. Yeah, it like, looks weird. Like, kind of. I mean, no, he's laying down. Well, yeah, she said it. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, that is yeah. weird. Yeah. Like a newborn baby. <laughs> like, it hasn't fallen off weird. yet. So then he cruises around town. He starts to get a sense for the town. This town's tiny, by the way. Yeah. Like tiny. Yeah. There's a there's an there's a general goods store. There's a barn. But there is an alarming amount of all night venues for a town that looks like it's got about five hundred people living there. Why is there so many people at this club? Like it's the downtown joint it's like it's cargo bar circa two thousand and one. That's true. This is a very, very good point. They're packing into this joint, but this town is there's no one lives there. <laughs> it's Brad Wesley. Trying to run his own town, the poor guy. Is it like Club to... Troppo when people come from all over the place? Remember Club Troppo in yeah, CrossFit? Yeah, I do. I do. Horrible. I got kicked out of there by bouncers. Oh, yeah? Be nice. Um, but, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting mixed signals at this point about this town. It's tiny. There's, there's no police anywhere. There's heaps of people being able to drink. You know, there's just lots of bars open all night. They were bar hopping in this tiny town. Who, how are these yeah, businesses? Bar hopping. <laughs> this isn't a sustainable food and bev environment. Especially with all the furniture damage. Yeah. You're going to pay for these chairs? <laughs> so then it's pretty funny. So then he's settling into this job. He meets the girl. She's hot. He meets the mm. Kelly Lynch. Kelly she's a Lynch. babe, hey. Yeah. Yeah, she is. The answer's yes. Yeah? She's grown to me. That's one of the things that's aged well. Kelly Lynch. Yeah, I think so. I think I... Digging more than I did. And she's in kid. more things than I realized. Yeah, Curly Sue. Yeah, apparently. Oh, and she she was in a massive movie. C- Curly Sue. <laughs> Curly Sue. Drugstore Cowboy. That's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's Gus Van Sant movie. That was like oh, a yeah. big, big thing. And then Charlie's Angels. <laughs> but did anyway. You, did you know also who was meant to be cast in her role for this? Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Because that's early days for Annette. Benning's acting career. Yeah. Yeah. According to her filmology. Yeah. Apparently no chemistry, they no said. No chemistry. That no chemistry. But interestingly enough, she then went on I to... I think she would have been more of a babe than Kelly Lynch in 89. Maybe. Or then now. she went on to do that 
movie that got her an Oscar nod anyway. That's fair. So I'm going to get back to the plot. Seems that the old prospector that... Uh, Uncle. Uncle. He seems to have the hot for Swayze. He has the hots for Swayze. He discovers Swayze's Mercedes because he takes his Mercedes down. Right, yeah. And then he's got it undercover and he like underwraps it. And he's like, who is this guy? He's staying here and he's got a Mercedes. Yeah. He he looks at the Mercedes as though he's just discovered the fucking DeLorean. <laughs> he looks at it as seriously as though Marty and I was in the deleted scene where he's trying to hit 88 miles an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's a bit weird. And then there's this kind of awkward moment where they're all watching Swayze greased up doing Tai Chi out in the front lawn. He was he so of, greased up. He's so greased up. I assume it's that Missouri. It's like Missouri. he just did a slip and slide. Is it the Missouri heat? <laughs> the Missouri. He's, mate, he's like the old boy. Is his beard real? He's got this giant pro- prospect beard. <laughs> yes, it's gold. <laughs> Astro gold. He's panning for gold. He's panning in the, for In the background of everything. <laughs> Texas tea. Oh, no, that's oil. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> I. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He would say it. He, he would, would. Texas D. He just gold. mix all of his things up. Yeah, yeah I'm rich. <laughs> I'm going to sex that Swayze. <laughs> He's just perving at Dalton. It's kind of... it's. That's so funny. I didn't notice yeah. him that much in the whole movie. I just, I must have just not... Oh, I really shut tuned so into Uncle Prospector. <laughs> He's around a lot. He's even got that... Even later in the movie when... When Swayze pulls him from his exploding house that's been set on fire, <laughs> it starts exploding. Yeah. He's got one of those onesies, you know, the adult onesies. The oh, yeah, perfect, perfect. With a little poo shoot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, perfect. It's so good. So then we just get a sense that there's this Brad Wesley guy who runs the town. And this is the other bit. If he's running the town, as if he's not going to own the nightclub, the one nightclub in, big nightclub in town, if this guy owns everything, why does he just happen to not own the one thing? He's a booze distributor as well, this but just is, doesn't own the nightclub. This is a good point, Greg. I think you may have found a plot hole in Roadhouse. Yeah. Look, this is where it gets... It just... This film... I, I love this movie. Yeah. It's a classic, and Agreed. I will watch it again. Agreed. I've just really found the last couple of times I've watched it that it just... The cracks are starting to show. Yeah. It kind <laughs> of... It just dives... Off a steep cliff in terms of any plausible sense of a plot. Yeah, I think it's the hour and twenty mark. I do think it sits in this awkward grey area between a movie that is interesting versus a movie that's so bad it's good. Like it's not so bad it's good. It's kind of interesting. And then some of those things you're mentioning are kind of just keep it in between. Like if it just went all in on like, no, this is a bad movie and we're having fun with it. All right, but anyway, should we round out, round out the plot? Round out the plot. So then basically classic battle ensues between Brad Worsley. <gasps> you know what we missed? Sam Elliott's pubis. Oh. Remember that? <laughs> remember <laughs> he, showed he showed his, his scar? His scar was on his hip, on the yeah, side. why is he showing and he, that? And he undid the world's longest zip, the world's longest fly, his... all his pubes, just so he could show From something that I'm sure was above the belt anyway. From his chest V right down to his ball pubes. <laughs> it was dense. It was dense. That's where he's hiding his moustache. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that was heavy. Ara was offended. Was she? Yeah. But I digress. So then they have some more fights and fighty baddy. Fighty baddy. Throat? The throat? Yeah. 
Fatality. Some, yeah, so I guess that's back to the fights things. Oh yeah, was that that's what I was gonna ask you. Was that guy a big deal? I don't know him. He'd probably, he, he'd probably be someone. This is, we're like talking about the... He knew how to handle a pool cue. The henchman number one. Like, this is yeah. the other plot. I piece. used to fuck guys like you in prison. Oh, my God. Is it a compliment? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so who's fighting? We've got to get context here. We So there's the... Brad Wesley has a, a lead henchman who basically is his number one bouncer that follows him around everywhere that's meant to be the toughest bad guy, right? He's got a good earring, yeah. Got a, he's got a crucifix earring... And, yeah. a, and a beautifully styled baby mullet. Yeah. And he wears like denim cutoffs. Well pruned mullet. Yeah. And he's the main bad guy. He's like bad guy. But he's the tough bad guy. Anyway, so he's having a... Sh- this is the other thing. He has his showdown fight with Swayze with like half an hour to go in the movie. But he's the main bad guy. Well, like, he's the main... He's like the mini boss. Yeah, but kinda. Brad Wesley's the main boss and he's just an old piece but of shit. That, yeah, so that him? doesn't make sense. This guy is like... Within the story of the movie, a martial arts expert. He's the only scary fight guy. Yeah. So the, how the does are incompetent? He beats him relatively effortlessly in the big scheme of things. Yeah. But then almost loses to the old guy. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And then Wade Garrett, Sam Elliott, is meant to be the best bouncer in the country. That makes him I assume that makes him a pretty tough guy. Yeah. Right? In this movie, the main guy, the main bad guy, tough guy gets killed, and then he somehow gets killed by those chumps. Yeah. Who got ran out of the bar by, who used to work at the shitty club. Yeah. Who Swayze pissed off because they were too shit. And then they managed to kill the toughest bouncer in the world. Yeah. In, in, Amer- in America. Yeah. So that happened. It did. And then, yeah, Kelly Lynch tries to talk him down. He's like, I got to handle this. He once, yeah, once Sam Elliott's gone, he's, oh, yeah. there's no stopping him. Yeah, they kill Sam Elliott. That was a bit sad. Do you know what was funny for me watching this? So my wife and I had our. Second baby this week. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Little Lola um, is chilling. So my wife's mother is staying with us mm-hmm. to help out for a few weeks. Lovely. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was watching Roadhouse. Do you remember being a kid when you were watching movies that kind of might have had tits or sex? Yeah. And then your mom would walk in. Oh, that happened? Yeah, my mother-in-law walked in while... <laughs> well, Patrick Swayze was boning Kelly Lynch. Oh. And her titties were out. You know the best thing about that scene? Everything? The best thing about that scene Patrick's is our friend. Ass. Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Bill Murray is good mates with Kelly Lynch's husband today. Yeah. And there's this thing. Kelly Lynch says this. Yeah. Anytime any one of the Murray brothers watches that movie, they call him and say, hey, Patrick Swayze is banging your wife. <laughs> yeah, isn't that amazing? I didn't know there was such a uh, thing as the, the Murray brothers, by the way. Yeah, one of them's in Vacation, the bus. Roadhouse, vastly underrated film. You guys are both into Roadhouse? Such a great film. You can deconstruct this film forever. It, the more you watch it, the more mysteries unfold. I've never seen anyone enjoy Roadhouse more than I do. Uh, what? <laughs> My friend's wife, Kelly Lynch, plays the doctor that stitches up oh, yeah, yeah. Swayze in the movie. Yes. She's the romantic interest, right? The unattainable yes. romantic interest. And I have, for the last, 
probably about 25 years, called his home in the middle of the night and said, you don't know me. And your wife's getting slammed up against the wall by Patrick Swayze. <laughs> She's not putting up much of a fight. <clears throat> and then hang up. It is in many ways a perfect film. Oh, man, that's How too good. beautiful. How good. For starters, I never knew that Anthony Bourdain and Bill Murray sat down and ate together. So it's interesting to come from that clip uh, into thinking about how this film is aged. There's obviously cultural relevance. There's a legacy of this movie. You've got Anthony Bourdain talking about it. Yeah. You've got Bill Murray talking yeah. about it. Like yeah. This movie has cult status. I think it's one of those things. It's like the opposite of a Catch-22. It's like a a good version of a Catch-22, a self-perpetuating thing, whereas like, the worse it ages, the better it ages almost. Mm. You know what I mean? Like all the things that get dated about it just make it richer. It it encapsulates that there's eighties essence of it that are Yeah. The love of violence. Yeah. Like there's a fight. Because it is excess. Like there's some eighties movies you watch and it will get dated and become less relevant, but it's like this becomes stronger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And I mean to the point where they were gonna make a reboot in twenty fifteen. With Ronda Rousey. You remember hearing that? Rings a bell. Yeah. It got canned. Good. I think once Ronda Rousey got knocked once out. She got flogged a couple of times. Poor Ronda. Oh, oh yeah, did you the barman? Did you see the barman was something about Mary Mary's stepdad? <gasps> How the hell did you get the beans by the front? Whoa. Yeah. As you said that, the it connected in yeah. my head. I was like, wait, was yeah, like, yes, yes, him. yes. That is him. That that's was amazing. Nice, that's a nice little gem. He ages very well, doesn't he? He's a good dude. This is the, I think this might be one of the only movies where he doesn't have a moustache. It definitely... I don't think it was his best performance. Like, I didn't watch it and go, fuck, that's... Like, but he, I did I enjoy him doing this performance. Yeah. But he was scrappy. Like, he seemed like... Well, that's... The, I didn't quite get the backstory on these guys, did you? Apparently, I didn't get it watching it, but in reading about it, apparently they're both ex-special forces or something. I didn't quite get that. That didn't come through in the movie. Yeah. Maybe that's not true. That's then. all they're cutting room for. <laughs> But yeah, oh, yeah, maybe it was actually. Apparently, that's how, like, where they come from. That's why they're so good at all this shit. Um, I liked the just the general motif. I love that Merc man. I think that Merc is a red hot. Yeah, car. I think so. I think there's an interesting subgenre in '80s westerns. <laughs> Give me more '80s westerns. Almost like um. It'd be like Mad Max. Like I'd watch a remake. Like I would, of course, I would, because I love that movie so much. But I, well, seventy nine Mad Max. But then, oh, if but if they awkward. remade it, they would make it now, and it would be boring. It would be The Rock working at fucking Tao or whatever. <laughs> you know, like it wouldn't be interesting. But I, I would like no. this. No. They made a sequel. Did you hear about that? Yeah, it looked like a piece of shit. Apparently, Patrick Swayze's character died, got shot dead. In That's pretty disappointing. Yeah, and it was supposed to be his son as an adult, as a bouncer. <laughs> Because that's what you do. We bounce. Well, before we get into our final verdict, who's your MVP? Dad, I need to write this down before we before we chat, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, Prospector. Yeah, that's, that's a solid choice. I like Patrick Swayze. Yeah? I like Patrick Swayze. I don't know. Um, I had Jeff Healy. Oh, yeah, fair. No, he wouldn't be my MVP. I mean, yeah. But that's okay. We need to, dis- we need to not have the same one yeah. in one of these. <laughs> yeah, true. 
I mean, he's awesome, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I just found I got I, every time he was in the scene, I was like, "Ooh, okay, I'm paying attention." Um, I was so curious by him. He's got prosthetic eyes. It's weird. Does he? I didn't know that. Yeah, because his eyes were surgically removed. He didn't got no eyes. Yeah. As a as a less than one year old. I'm gonna go and say that the lead was the MVP for me. Probably that's fair. I think he. I think he. There was a lot of him in in the character. Yeah. That we like we talked about earlier. So I think he kind of kind of yeah. got really into it. No, you know, not didn't except for those pirouette kicks that really undermined his fight IQ and ability. There, I think he did an awesome job. It's interesting. There is something genuinely interesting about like because he hasn't. He's not one of those. He was big. But he's not one of those actors that had like a million roles. Yeah. So like if you think about Dirty Dancing, this um Ghost. Ghost. Tony Darko. <laughs> um, what about his little Tony Darko with his little butt pat? But I was gonna say point break as well. They all Oh gosh, point break. Yeah, oh. like so going back to his point about that whole spiritual Jesus. thing, they kinda all seem to have that in common when he That's now what I mean. back. Yeah. That's it's, pretty yeah, interesting. It is sad he you know, he's a bit of a legend. It's pretty sad how he passed early. Um, yeah. Did you know him and Brad Wesley died both the same way? Pancreatic cancer, man. Yeah, man. Brad Wesley's character, uh, act, man, he's done some good shit. So there's a little, few connections there. He's in, he's Jackie Treehorn. In I knew I'd seen him Lebowski. somewhere. I couldn't connect the dots, which is yeah. crazy because obviously Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott is the voice of Lebowski. Yeah. He's he's uh, the stranger. Man. In Los Angeles. Yeah, the dude. There was a man. <laughs> well, he was the man. Of his time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was Jackie Treehorn. He's in lots of stuff. And yeah, he seems like he's, he's been around seen? forever. If you go on... That's, on I think that's why I didn't research it properly. <laughs> I was a bit... In, man, he's I like it too late and I was like, there's a lot to look at there. He obviously passed away now, but he was like an Italian-American and pumped out. Like he did a lot of... Um, he's in like Paris, Jatem and all his... Yeah. Sort of firing numbers, dear. Yeah. Uh, so he's pretty epic. I got I got one one ben final point Gazzana. on the uh the legacy of this movie. It's kind of silly but also kind of nice. Yeah. So it's a tribute to him actually to in Jackie. pop culture. No, to um Swayze. When Swayze passed away. Little show called Family Guy. Not while my scrotum is pressed up against my stomach in these jeans, they won't. That was awesome. And its message is timeless. But yeah, so this movie is obviously, from a cultural relevance point of view, it's it's around, man. I oblige. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't... Uh, my only... In terms of rewatch, reboot, or bin, definitely don't bin. Definitely rewatch. I think in the wise words of Sam Elliott, don't watch this to get you know inspired. This is entertainment. It's uh maybe some values in this that you disagree with, and that's okay. Yeah. But I did come up with one idea. Enjoy the potholes. I wouldn't mind seeing a prequel with Sam Elliott and Ooh. Swayze in their special working forces together. or whatever, working together, whatever it is. Something like that could be kind of interesting. At the single deuce. Yeah, but I want to see those actors playing it, so it's kind of dead in the water without them. Well. All right, on the prequel note, I would like to see Brad Wesley building his post-career. He was a vet himself, mm. and then he came and built this town. There was nothing there. He built it. True. 
That's not bad. Again, Red Dead Redemption style. Make the sequel a prequel. Show how it Still all finished. set up. All right, let's wrap. I like it. Well, thanks again, as always. Uh-huh. And this is one of the first episodes we've recorded since um, actually going live. So I guess maybe we should say a little thank you to everyone listening so far. Thank you to our friends for downloading us and making us look good. You made us look pretty good. We've been number one in the TV and movies category in the App Store for a few yeah. days, which is pretty good. Thank you for the support. You can find us on uh, support. Instagram. Support. You find us on Instagram at Double Impact Podcast. Slide into our DMs, whatever you want to do. Let us know if there's a movie yeah. you want us to look at. Yeah. Um, let us know if you have beef with any of our controversial opinions, as right. lowly controversial as they are. Um, we've got a few good movies coming up soon. What is in the pipeline, Tristan? In what the pipeline, we-, we have, uh, I think, our number seven episode, our 007 episode is going to be a James Bond, I believe. Ooh. I think we're going to be looking at... Uh, a Beverly Hills Cop soon. I think we're going to be looking at a Cruel Intention soon. So all these are in the pipeline. So please uh, subscribe, review, and hang with us. Yes, it's a lovely. It's lovely. Thank you. Wonderful. And good night. <laughs> <laughs>